0: Are you all doing you can't answer me but you know i'll, I'll you know think y'all, about what your what your responses might be i'll think about okay
1: it. <laughs> and if y'all didn't hear the news of the election you better be relieved happy excited um you know maybe a little trepidatious but you should be good ooh, ooh, trepidatious Ooh, you know but if you're not <laughs> if then you got the wrong podcast boo-boo. i don't know who i don't know how but i don't sure. know who
0: sent your child but
1: right <laughs> like, going back going back we came from look. right because this team biden fuck trump all day hot Here. chills is out okay so period, period. We're, we're moving on we're moving on yes. to bigger and better bigger and better things baby and um with this episode we have a wonderful guest so i'm so excited um he has been Oh, he's been so great. Well, for me, I first met him because I reached out to him, wanted to get some advice on producing podcasts. Um, he's been not only been producing podcasts, but he is a director. He is a writer. Um, he has credits, ladies. Like we're talking, uh, <laughs> you know, Craig of the Creek. Where Marvel even tapped him. Like, period. Like, he's here. He's working, and he's so so nice and sweet and. Uh, such a great guy so i want y'all to welcome cody ziggler to tinseltown tea yay cody
2: yo what's up y'all thanks for having me and thanks for all the very 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 nice words it makes me feel like a very nice sweet boy
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says on your website and that is a fact yeah. i can vouch for that, that is true <laughs> yeah. so yes yeah. so he's going to be the main segment we're going to talk to him about his career where he's headed where he's you know came from also any advice that he can give to uh, all of us who are trying to get into a writer's room or trying to create our things trying to direct our things he has um, a great perspective that he can share with us but we always start the show with a would you rather so this Mm -hmm. would you rather I just got it straight off the internet It's, it's fine um so Would you rather wake up as a new random person every year, but have full control of them for the whole year, right? Or once a week, spend a day inside a stranger without any control of them.
2: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: Uh, Uh, Okay.
2: uh, May may I go first? (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Please go. Please go. Uh,
2: I, I, I think I do the one where I, where I am. A person for one year, and I can control them because one, it's just done. Like you did one time, what? it's done. I don't have to do it every week. It's not a thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And two, I get some mm. autonomy. Like I don't want to just like mm. if I'm just like in some dude that works in IT and I have to like spend a day doing his boring <laughs> ass life. Like I don't want that. you uh, want to make some decisions?
1: Yeah, that is big facts. Um, what about you, Corey? And I, I can go to you me more time. Don't worry. Um, no, I think I think
0: I will agree with. Cody. I am, first of all, I'm not going to be in somebody and I can't control what's going on. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so look, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do my year bid and right. um, yeah, we'll see what, what can happen, you know, while mom am in
1: that body. What's going on? Your bid. I love it. You're serving Lord, <laughs> that's my time, child. You're,
2: yeah, you're doing your tour. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm
0: not going to sit here and wake up every week inside somebody, and I can't even control what's happening. Yeah. I don't wake up yeah. in jail, and I have to be in jail for a week, Like, Oh, my God. Oh, yeah.
2: What if you got to do time? Yeah. <gasps>
0: right?
1: What if you're I have doing to do a, a bit? real bid? Okay. Okay. <laughs> No, I'm with you. I would, yeah, I I would have to agree with y'all. I need to have some sort of control, but I would hate to wake up. I mean, it would be good, but if I woke up with someone who has like some real specific skills and I'm jumping in their body, like all those skills are gone. Like if I jump into (laughs) like a Cirque du Soleil performer and it's just like you on the tightrope, like it's like, nope, you're gonna climb right on down as (laughs) quickly (laughs) as possible. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you pop into Beyonce mid concert. You're like, oh, oh wait, I ain't, I ain't got those. I ain't Ooh. got those pipe like She's got them. <laughs>
1: okay, I did. I did not go over the choreo. I'm sorry. Shut this. Shut it down. <laughs> shut the whole shit down. Facts. Okay. Back. Complete facts.
0: So yeah, we're all in the grants here. Uh, we'll do our year bids <laughs> mm-hmm. and we'll just leave it at that. You
1: know, here cause here. anybody got time to be waking up next week? <laughs> I'm I'm in mid surgery. Like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine just like if you, if Cody jumped into a body and it was giving birth or something like that? Oh my god, <laughs> I mean, I'd, just be,
2: I'd be just as surprised to be honest with you. I
1: said, like,
2: maybe we should stay out and figure this out together, see what's going on. I
0: think we can make happen here, Let me experience sure. that. okay? <laughs> yeah, all right. So, great. Would you rather to start us off? We'll move right yeah, good one. into our No Better Do Better segment where we give tips, tricks, lessons learned, whatever um, to help you guys out. So I will be doing that this week and mine is To Kill Your darlings. So this is a good one when it comes to writing. I know when we're writing, Mm -hmm. we fall in love with different pieces of our work. We fall in love with different pieces, the dialogue, different scenes that we created. And when we're doing the rewriting, we sometimes run into an issue where we have to cut it because it's not moving the story forward it's not necessary it's just something that we like and you just gotta do it. you gotta cut this or something you gotta just let it go and um
2: it's hard yeah
0: it's it's very difficult yeah. it is really difficult especially if it's something that you've been thinking about for a long time it's like a real fun yeah. scene or it's like a mm-hmm. good piece of dialogue but this shit ain't ain't working it's just not working i will say it
2: it's 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 good training like even get like yeah. especially if you're just doing it for yourself because when you do end up getting in a room or honestly anything that's creative, like you're always going to get a note. And like, Mm -hmm. I think honestly, one of the most important things that anyone can learn creatively is one is really just like learning to take the note, whatever the note is, even if it's a bad note. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, it's like someone's going to give it to you. It's your showrunner, it's your EP, it's your studio exec. It's like the actual studio, it's your director, it's whatever. And like, sometimes I think it's very important, especially at the beginning to like, just learn to take those and like ch- choke them down and just do it uh, but, because then you also get to the point where you're like, oh, wait a minute, not every note I need to take, you know, like you get to the point where like, sometimes people are just saying things to say things and be like, oh yeah, I actually read this thing. Like I, I paid attention to the thing that you said, so this is me confirming that. It's so like, you get to let, sort of choose your battles um, as you get a, further along, but definitely like killing your darlings and like learning to let go of the thing that you like um, is so in- so helpful. And it, and it sucks and it hurts when you're like when you first start out, and even now it still sucks. But like, honestly, like, if if like if it, if it sticks out and it's weird while you're reading it, like, it's gonna still stick out weird when you're like actually making the thing. It's just better to nip it in the bud, in my experiences anyway.
0: Yes, I totally agree. It's mm-hmm. it's something that, like I say, just have to practice and it'll get easier over time. I swear. But um, <laughs> when you're starting out, just just be mindful and, and be ready for it.
1: I mean, yep.
0: it's just life.
1: I don't know what else to say. It's just life.
0: It's the way it works. So yeah, that's, that's my no better, do better for the week.
1: That's awesome. And yeah, I definitely always have to remind myself. Cause as Erica said, keep in mind I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. So, okay. So, but sometimes you got to let it go. And for the sake of
0: the,
1: the piece of your, your work, because if you want to make it better and if you want to get it on that screen sometimes you got to suck it up and let these executives or whoever get their little participation points be like you know what thank you for your. Note. or if it's a really good note it might make it better
2: yeah, exactly and like worst case scenario even if you don't like the note, at least they're still paying you so you can just like use that as like leverage yeah. Like, yeah all right this i don't like what they're doing but at least they're paying me to like to mm. just do the thing
1: yeah and Cody came in with securing the bag please <laughs> I'm still getting my coin okay or so whatever
2: okay. yeah Fine. yeah <laughs> if you like it I love it all
1: right <laughs> <laughs> and I'll yeah. that on that period okay <laughs> period. point blank <laughs> Ooh, thank y'all so much that is nothing but facts um and you know we're gonna go straight into our new segment So we usually get, for those of you who are new uh, to Tinseltown Tea, first of all, welcome. But second of all, um, we go to Shadow and Act, which is an online publication that focuses on Black and Brown uh, directors, Mm -hmm. writers, shows, movies. So we really love to use this store. Not to say that you shouldn't be reading the Varieties and the Hollywood Reporters and the Deadlines. Please stay up on the trades, but don't forget the... um, black and brown uh, publications that will get you <laughs> together. Um, all right, so the first one, I don't know if uh, you guys saw uh, SNL um, this past weekend, which I thought was a great turnaround since, like, they <laughs> they announced the presidential, you know, the, the official thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, Somehow Maya Rudolph had the exact same suit as <laughs> I saw that as um oh god Kamala Kamala Har- Kamala, yeah. Kamala, yeah. Kamala Harris and I was like how fat they're like shout out to their wardrobe team because yeah, they god. were on that I was like how did y'all do it okay go up but yes <laughs> um so if you haven't seen it Dave Chappelle hosted and um he actually did it a year ago and um Shadow and Act um they were highlighting how Kenan Thompson you know he's one mm-hmm. of the longest running members of snl how he got emotional because mm-hmm. dave Chappelle like gave him a compliment so during you yeah. know everybody views dave Chappelle as sort of like a comedy god and um on saturday night yeah. live he you know was in a lot of the skits which i actually think were, were kind of funny um check them out because yeah. <laughs> the sometimes snl yeah. be hit or miss for me i'd be like mm.
2: yeah it, it's hit or miss sometimes
1: Ooh, it'd be like all right sure um <laughs> But, um, yeah, so ahead of his appearance, like, he, you know, Chappelle was able to uh, speak to Jimmy Fallon about the opportunity, and, um, you know, well, Keenan was able to talk about how when Dave Chappelle gave the speech in the writer's room before they went out, and how, like, inspiring Mm -hmm. it was, and how he thanked the staff and everything, and how he took him aside and was like, yo, I respect your work, you're doing such a great job, and just to, like you know he got emotional right like one of your like yeah. comedy gods is like i see you well done like let me yeah Woo, that is like that's really really heavy that's the dream right oh my god it's, if shonda yeah. rhimes or oprah ever like addressed <laughs> me and was like well done since i would have just hit, yeah. like fall out just like i've waited for this moment my whole life like yeah so <laughs> totally understand like getting the compliments and the validation from like Mm -hmm. the people that you look up to and how emotional that can be so great story here check it out on shadow and act and um if you can check out the snl um uh episode i mean Mm -hmm. it's in the zeitgeist it'll probably be like some you know an iconic episode just because of how it was uh linked to the yeah
2: you'll definitely start seeing some clips on twitter i'm sure
1: oh yeah absolutely absolutely so yes next um in the news um the queen the goddess loretta divine is teasing us out here <laughs> letting us know that there is a potential waiting to exhale sequel like oh
2: wow what UNTies um, everywhere are turning what? up.
1: okay like this is time <laughs> for the aunties come on <laughs> <laughs> come on aunties but yeah so basically I mean, she's kind of like vaguely hinting, she's saying um, right here off this um, article, Loretta Vine said there's a lot of stuff, quote unquote, uh, for waiting ex- mm-hmm. waiting to exhale fans to be excited about, includes, including a possible sequel. So basically the idea is to, try and do a sequel based on the kids of the main characters of the show, which makes sense because, Mm -hmm. um, Whitney Houston, who had a major role in the original is no longer with us. Rest in peace, Mm -hmm. our queen. But, um, basically, um, you know she was uh saying on Tamara Hall that um Terry McMillan and uh Lee Daniels are trying to come up with something to see how they can um make a, the film sequel of it and of course yeah. the idea would be to follow up with the kids and see their relationships through their lens and then um not so much on the main characters as we're we're familiar with them so i think that
2: that that would make so much money
1: oh my gosh and make so much that would sense. make
2: so much money
1: <laughs> like they ready like and it's just such <laughs> a classic, like even a new yeah. generation of kids would be like, all right, like we got to go check this out. Like, come on. <laughs> at least I hope so. I think it would be good. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Look out for that. Hopefully that'll come through. Um, okay. So fingers ne- crossed. I know. Please come through. Um, now if it was like, okay, if it was Tyler Perry, I'd have been like, okay, never mind. We're good. We.
2: Don't- oh yeah. No, you go ahead and keep that. We don't
1: need a Medea pop yeah. in on the,
2: we don't need this light skinned gardener to no. come in and change things. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> No one needs to die from AIDS in this sequel, please. I pray. <laughs>
2: yeah. But
1: um he's doing well. He's doing great. <laughs> um yeah. all right, next scene um or excuse me, next story, I should say. Um so <laughs> Offset um is going to be in a major film debut. Um it's called American Soul with O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Camilla. Oh McElroy. wow. Yeah. So if you guys don't know O'Shea Jackson Jr., he is the son of Ice Cube. Um <laughs> Camilla Mendez, I don't know her, but I'm sure she is very successful. Riverdale
0: girl, Riverdale girl. Yes,
1: come on. Yes, Riverdale. Come on, get, get your Riverdale money. And also, um, see, this is why we have co-hosts. They come in and help. Um, and um, Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live uh, will be.
2: Uh, I guess you got to get your token white in there.
1: That's yeah. right. Always.
0: like too many people so, of color right now.
1: Right. The, <laughs> let's diversify this and
0: yeah.
1: So uh they got this right off of um deadline and um so Migos um rapper and singer, um he will be an American soul and he will also be there uh, to uh contribute at least one song and help with the curation of the soundtrack so okay. it's going to be some i'm i'm with it yes i'm ex- i'm actually excited <laughs> for it um yeah. i actually wouldn't mind if they if he and the Migos did the whole thing but mm-hmm. i love some tra- trap like they're, they're, words they're i can fun. understand they, it's joyful yeah. like i don't care
2: yeah I, <laughs> Come on. It turns out, I turn up anyway, so I can't period. Complain. And I
1: don't know what you said, but I'm <laughs> sure there were bars. Period. Yeah, I'm sure letting <laughs> niggas like, Oh, this is fire. <laughs> Fire, more fire! So, Offset is set to play a computer engineer who becomes highly important to the film's plot, which focuses on Davison and Jackson's characters and their two friends who get caught up in a aftermarket sneaker reselling to pay off their college debts and become rich, (laughs) of course. But um, um, you know they. They get into some, you know, nasty dealings They make a deal, quote unquote, with the devil, with an investor who mm. doesn't have their best interests at heart. So I was like, mm. OK, like
2: I'm with that. I'm, I'm with offset playing a computer nerd.
1: Yeah, I think that's like I'm into it. That'll be fun. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, OK, get into it. So I, I yeah, they're
2: care. They're fun guys. Like they were fun in Atlanta. Like they're very charismatic oh, yeah. and funny in Atlanta. Like I'd love yeah. to see them get bigger roles like this.
1: Yeah i agree and I'm, I'm glad that he's like an engineer something in stem like away yeah, from yeah. you know his rap career instead of like mm-hmm. just yeah. leaving him like stereotypical shit like let him mm-hmm. be anything if he's gonna act act sir like yeah
2: yeah let him really act yeah yeah right
1: so, I, 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 come on <laughs> watch him get it too i'll be like you know what yeah. go ahead Offset. go ahead so yeah all for it um next in the news um John Boyega is definitely calling out studios, but he's saying that they should protect actors from mm-hmm. racist and sexist fandom. So that's the headline here on shadow and act. Mm-hmm. But um, if you've been following John Boyega, he's been very vocal about yeah. how, you know, black creators, black actors, black people in general, but definitely mm-hmm. in the industry, how they should be treated. And I don't follow Marvel that closely, I only mm. I only jumped in cause of Black Panther, y'all. Like to be
0: fair,
1: I just <laughs> I truly, but yeah. <laughs> um, for those are the real, like you know, the real fans, uh, especially with, he was in Star Wars in the franchise, and mm. you know he basically called out earlier how Disney did not honestly like put him at the forefront but i guess in the storyline they didn't really use him that much and a lot of that he got a lot of backlash because apparently i don't know if he was playing a character that should have been white but a lot of these hate like a lot of these they just
2: hate seeing brown people in any position yeah
1: period and it's just like (laughs) that's crazy god like it's like in the in fantasy and sci fi and whatever, like black people can and should exist in these worlds. Like,
2: yeah, it, they they were like those Star Wars fans were so vicious to him, like, especially, crazy. um, what's that lady say, Kelly Marie Chan mm. Tran? The she was she starred in the second one, when she was a, an Asian lady, like, okay. she was like really like one of the first prominent Asian roles that were given in the Star Wars movies. And, mm-hmm fans just fucking hated her like they drove her off instagram and twitter like it got to the point where they literally wrote her out of the third movie like she went to just being like a background character it was crazy like because the studio just buckled and i think that's a lot of what john was talking about is that like why would you like kowtow to these like racist shithead sexist fans when like you should be protecting us like you're making billions of dollars off her images. Like why don't you go to bat for us like when you need us to or wow. when we need need you to.
1: Yeah. And he like and in the article they're saying that he has, you know, publicly in his experience, but said he's had honest conversations uh with Disney about what happened, but essentially, you know, calling them out publicly. Um, yeah. In a quote, he said, basically, when one of your actors, especially an actor that's so prominent in the story, is announced as part of your franchise, and then it has a big racial backlash and receives abuse online, and that starts to form a shadow on what is supposed to be an amazing gift. And it's important for the studios to definitely lend their voice, lend their support to that, and have a sense of solidarity, not just in the public eye, but on the ground on set. So not just even even like sending a tweet and you know whatever like but yeah. when they're on set like they need to be protected like i don't know if like fans are showing up but you know people are crazy on these streets i'm sure they <laughs> yeah, would
2: people are wild yeah
1: and they're and, them. and quarantined and bored child okay all right
0: <laughs> yeah Just
1: keep your ass at home away but <laughs> you know it's it's unfortunate it's unfortunate that it even has to be said you know what i mean like there Mm -hmm. should like it's crazy that a studio like that should be an easy like oh yeah no we don't condone this and we will support you know what i mean and yeah
2: they really fucked up by like by like writing her out was such a cowardly move and like it sent such a negative message to like other studios of like Mm -hmm. if the worst if the worst section of your fan base is loud and toxic enough like we'll do what they want us to do
1: that's crazy yeah, yeah, And they make so much money anyway. Like, I wonder if mm-hmm. if it would have really, if they would have lost that much money, if that fear, if they really stood up and was like, no, because you hoes are going to come out anyway. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Like,
2: Exactly, yeah. Like, these nerds <laughs> are going to go out and spend their 20 bucks on a ticket anyway. It's like, because they can't. They have nothing else to do. <laughs> but, it's their entire personality <laughs> is Star Wars. So, like, yeah, they're going to go watch the movie and they'll complain about it on Twitter, but right. they're still going to buy the ticket.
1: Exactly. Giving it in more press because exactly. you, you complain it. Yeah. bye but anyways uh yeah disney continue to cut checks for john boyega period point blank thank you (laughs) um because he deserves. yeah period um and this kind of goes into the next um storyline so uh basically no time to die which is a um the bond franchise so Mm, they announced that lashana lynch uh will be the first black woman 007 but of course
2: oh you they're gonna be so mad
1: they mad (laughs) they backlash it right now like (laughs) just right like it's just like my god like can we just anyways so basically um she's a um actress who was in captain marvel um and you know, she'll be assuming the role of Nomi, the new 007 in No Time to Die. And this mm. is in the Bond franchise. And of course, unfortunately, because we live in America, she was the target of racist uh, Bond fans and trolls. Mm. And I mean, from what um, they're reporting here in Shadow and Act and from an interview from Harper's Bazaar, she's taking it in stride. Um, mm. You know, basically, she was like, if this is a quote. I am one black woman. If it were another black woman cast in this role, it would have been the same conversation. She would have mm-hmm. ha- gotten the same attacks, the same abuse. I just have to remind myself that the conversation is happening and that I'm a part of something that will be very, very revolutionary. So mm-hmm. you know, sis got her Black Panther um outfit on, or black, <laughs> you know, like the real Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. The real ones. <laughs> um, and she's she's going forth and you know what i mean i think that's quite true. frankly that's how she should do and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that even with roles i mean maybe y'all can correct me if i'm wrong but 007 was a fictional character like not, yeah not you know, a real, not dude. real. <laughs> yeah. so and and from what they were saying they're going to transition it you know what i mean it's not even like she's she's not the James Bond. She's going to be another character, but she will have the 007. She will be the main, I guess, agent of uh, taking mm-hmm. on the roles in this movie. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, they act like they killed k- killed him off or something. Like yeah, it. he's
2: still in it. Also, like do people love James Bond this much? Like, i I've never met like a James Bond stan. Like, I've never been like, <laughs> Man, I can't wait to watch Tomorrow Never Dies or whatever. Or, like true. I like that Adele song, but like I've never been like, I can't <laughs> wait to be the opening night to watch. You know, it's this old ass white dude bang twenty old women and drink martinis. That's, that's not <laughs> that's that doesn't hot. entice me to watching your movie.
1: That's true. That's I was. I remember. I think last week I was talking with Corey because um Sean Connery passed away, and mm-hmm. that was truly the only bond that I fucked with until
0: mm-hmm.
1: um Craig. Dan- you know what I mean? I was like yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. in between. I was like, I don't know you, girl, but mm-hmm. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> and i was not even born when it came out like i was watching yeah. some old ass amc shit like what is this, yeah, this is yeah. you know what i mean like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it was just so crazy but yeah i agree i mean i wasn't a fan but i was just like all right i like that one the rest of you hoes yeah you know, i'm good Goodbye. Yeah, and also calm down even the very fact that there were different people playing one character yeah like and
2: they never looked the same you have not- sean connery you got pierce brosnan you got craig daniel craig didn't they all,
1: even all different, different types of whiteness they didn't even- <laughs> Like, I'll probably just get the same white. They were like, "Nope, we gotta yeah. gotta diversify." And we got then- a
2: brunette. We got a black headed dude. We got a <laughs> blonde guy.
1: Yes, and then like even the whole talk with Idris, just the the rumors about it. People are like, "How yeah. dare you?" It's just like y'all, y'all really need to let some of this. Yeah, shit, eat bro. your
0: eat your biscuits
2: and chill. <laughs> okay.
1: Gosh, like it's like it pains them
0: to see black person in the lead doing anything. Like they're gonna they gonna die. Yeah.
1: Like, jump, <laughs> up, <come down. laughs> even when it doesn't make sense, like it's like it doesn't <laughs> make sense. Okay, all right, sure. Um, our next yeah. news um and last um news that we have for today, Tisha Campbell um plots TV return as a co-lead for ABC comedy with Lucy Lou. So we had to put this in here mm. because. I mean, Tish Campbell, legend, <laughs> That's my girl, yeah. what? Period. Yeah. Like, if you don't know her from anything else, she's been working for a long time. Mm. But of course, mm. the iconic role on Martin as Gina, like, if you don't mm-hmm. know her from there, like, go study your history. I don't <laughs> know what to say. Yeah. So, yeah, Tisha Campbell, she's coming back to TV and she's gonna be with Lucy Liu. And it's an untitled project, uh, but it's a workplace comedy. So, uh, the pilot hails from uh, Shanna Goldberg Meehan, who serves as executive producer and writer, and Christine mm. Bornum will direct. Forgive me, Christine, if I said your last name wrong. Please forgive me. But well done to be directing this episode or even the whole thing. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so basically, um, it was formerly called Kids Matter Now, um, but it will focus on Lucy Liu's character. Her name mm. is Devin, and she's described as this diva boss with no patience for working parents. Um, but she decides that she's going to adopt a baby um, and has a change of heart. So as a result, her assistant, who will okay. be played by Tisha Campbell, her name's Annie, um, she's to become a mentor to her regarding the trials of motherhood and the new working relationship um will kind of play itself out since annie was thinking of quitting because her boss is crazy and she has kids herself so now there's a big dynamic (laughs) shift and we get to talk about you know mothers and the workplace and how it all Mm. comes together so um i think that'll be interesting i hope
2: that'll definitely be a fun show yeah
1: yeah and i mean Mm -hmm. i'm happy to see lucy Lou and tisha i mean first of all they look amazing. Like <laughs> I'm like, right. come on out. Come on out. I, I'm like, do y'all just I mean, y'all either do witchcraft or y'all <laughs> have the fountain of youth? Cause like what like y'all look exactly the, the same, but uh. but I'm like, send me the spell. I don't care. Let's do yeah, it. Let like, me know
2: what you got. Let me get that, let me get that sitcom look.
1: <laughs> let me get it okay so yeah congrats to them totally can't wait to see um tisha back i mean she's still been working the last thing she did i think was uh she played a nurse in um abc's dr ken with uh ken johns mm. on there yeah yeah yeah. so she's been i mean she still gets checks because duh why why wouldn't you
2: um <laughs>
1: yeah. and i think oh yeah she lended her voice for cartoon network's uh, craig of the creek which you wrote for oh us. yeah
2: yeah that's yeah. right yeah
1: so she out here. She also getting voice.
2: She making the money. She making your checks.
1: Yeah, it's great. So yeah, that's it for the news. Um, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Cody.
0: Yay. Yeah. Hey, friend so we are back for the main segments. uh we're going to be right. interviewing cody as we said before he's an la-based writer director and podcast producer he's written for robot chicken marvel studios she hulk and craig of the creek which you mentioned uh, like two minutes ago um and mm-hmm. he also produced podcasts for earwolf how stuff works i Heart radio and ucb comedy Ooh, cha- the credits and wow. <laughs> <laughs> and has directed videos featured on Funny or Die, Cracked, Who Haha, and more. Whew. Okay. So as you can see, I couldn't <laughs> say all of that in one breath, which means that my oh dog my been God. working. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> our first. <laughs> Gas me up. Gas me up, Queen. <laughs> okay. ah! uh, (laughs) so we always start off um when we are interviewing a guest just we want you to tell us about your journey in your own words so we can read a bio that's cute and all but we would love Mm -hmm. to hear your Mm -hmm. journey in your own words whatever you want to say whatever you want to let us know just let it flow.
2: yeah i got you like my you know i'm so i'm from north carolina very small um southern town and rural town in north carolina and like i'd always been into the arts and stuff so like Basically, when I went to undergrad, I sort of realized that, like, towards the end of it, that I I was so I was going for radio and TV broadcasting. Um, and I realized like pretty pretty early on that like I didn't want to do radio; it's like not my thing. Like, no, no shade to people out there that are in the radio game, but like, I just I just didn't like news. So, like, I decided to go to uh, film school. I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design, and I studied um, like directing and writing. And I just made a bunch of stuff there, um, and so so I got an MFA and part of getting the MFA is that like you either have to teach a class like as like a student teacher or you get an internship and I was like there's no way you guys want me teaching these fucking kids like <laughs> they're gonna end up dropping out so I ended up <laughs> I ended up getting an internship at Adult Swim and I was um, basically like a director's assistant so like I was studying under these two dudes um one dude's named Dave Willis he created like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and Squidbillies. Um, if you watch um, Aqua Teen, he's the guy that does Meatwad's voice. Like that's oh that's God, Dave and the dude named Casper Kelly. That
1: is so. cool. And yeah, it's
2: a great show. Great dudes. And this dude named Casper Kelly and Casper had just made um, Too Many Cooks, which was like this huge, like viral thing that that popped off. So I basically oh worked for them for this show called Your Pretty Face Is Going to Hell, <laughs> and I just basically learned like what what comedy was, like how to make comedy, like what their approach to it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically went to like a mini comedy school for like five months, and then when I graduated, I moved out to LA, and I got lucky in that I only really worked a really shitty job for like three or four months. Um, and I ended up getting getting a job at this place called the Upright Citizens Brigade because they were doing basically they were trying to do some digital content, so they had like uh, like an equip like a, an equipment cage with like a couple of cameras and some stands and stuff, so people could make sketches. Yeah, and like I had worked at an equipment rentals during film school so like I was totally I could totally handle renting out one camera to a bunch of sketch comedians like (laughs) twice a week it was a completely easy job so like I used that to like take classes for free and then like make stuff on the weekend make a bunch of sketches making shorts making pilots just like making anything I could possibly make and while I was there um my boss was like hey do you we were going to like try to lean full force into this podcast stuff do you have any like knowledge about that I was like I took one audio class like seven years ago <laughs> i guess i can i can do that and yeah. like when i was so they made me a producer and, like basically i just spent the entire time um getting in black and people of color on on the shows like that was my thing like you can pretty much see like the moment i started producing like all the guests just turned to, to people of color like my whole thing was just like getting people in the game and getting people like you know their reps and getting them their, their, their first shots and stuff and, like that's how like I met like Lacey Mosley, who I ended up producing a show with called Scam Goddess, who's like, she's killing the game now. She, yeah, um, she that's really how I met, is. yeah, she's killing it. That's how I met my buddy Edgar Montplasier. Um, that's how I met like Ego. She's on SNL now. Yep. Like it was like really a small like there were not a lot of like black people there. Um, mm-hmm. so like the community was pretty tight-knit. So like we were all helping each other out as we could. And just through that, I ended up getting a job at Earwolf, um, which is a comedy podcast network. And I was just producing stuff there doing the same thing. Like I gave basically The day that i got my job i got the letter i sent a text out to like all my black friends being like hey (laughs) if you have an idea now's the time to let me know because i'm going to give you like i'm going (laughs) to give you a general meeting and that's all i did i just (laughs) made tons and tons and tons and pilots like i think in my first four months i made like nine pilots um just for friends and stuff and like some of the shows went some of the shows didn't but like that was like my thing and like i think people really respected that I was giving, um, you know, people that weren't traditionally getting representation, giving them shots. Like it wasn't just like black people and, and Latinx people. It was also like, you know, native people, indigenous people yes. and disabled people. And like, you know, like, um, you know, Muslim people and Iranian and Syrian, like all this, like, it wasn't just like what we would traditionally think of like diversity as like black or like Mexican, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. That, that, that's basically what I was doing. And like, just through my time there, I met a bunch of comedians. I met this dude named Jeff Trammell, who was, um, he's the head writer for craig of the creek mm. um basically my buddy edgar who i mentioned like he was like hey i just wrote on this show called craig of the creek and the guy that runs it is a huge nerd like you you guys should like yes. hang out and like meet up and then we got lunch one day ate some chicken wings and just talked about Ooh. anime and yeah, like I cartoons and all that I stuff and we hit it off and we were like wings. i know right like you had, <laughs> had to do a black you know just a <laughs> black king so we had to do it we had to do it for the culture and like i was like Maybe like maybe five or six months later, I just like sent him a DM like, hey, Jeff, um, I know that you run this show. Like I have some samples and stuff. I would love for you to check it out. If it's for, if you think that it fits Craig of the Creek great. if not, that's cool too. Like no, no pressure. And then like maybe four months later after that, I got an email from a producer at Cartoon Network. It's like, hey, do you want to come in and freelance for us? And I, I ended up freelancing for Craig of the Creek for like maybe two or three months.
0: Mm. Um, And they offered
2: me a staffing job. And then it's... Very weird, very, very surreal. So like I started staffing on a Monday. Uh, I got a call from my manager on a Wednesday being like, hey, Marvel wants to meet with you. I was like, why, why would Marvel want to meet with me? And then that Friday <laughs> that I had so to sad. put in like my two days notice because I ended up getting a job writing. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I had to put in my two days notice because I ended up getting a job staffing on um, Chi-Hulk for, for, for the MCU. Wow. And like the only reason I got that job That's is because crazy. the showrunner, Jessica Gao, Supposedly, she she told me that oh, yeah. she heard me on. Uh, uh, I had to like step in and like guest host a podcast, and she heard me on, it, and she thought it was funny. And then she asked the host to like ask me for, for my sample, which I had literally had just, just finished like two days before. Like, he wouldn't tell me what it was for, crazy. wouldn't tell me who it was for, But he was like, "Hey, do you have a sample?" I was like, "Yeah, I literally just finished it." Um, here, let me know. Well, I guess here, send it to everyone you send it to, and like that's how I got She Hulk, and like it was great like it was pretty much off to the races from there like I got like I said I got super lucky and then like I landed a job for uh like basically my first real staffing job like my first full like full season of a staffing job for a pretty prestigious show for a pretty big successful studio Mm
0: -hmm. and it definitely gave
2: me some like some clout that let me do other things that I really wanted to do like I really wanted to like write comic books and like Mm. having written for like an MCU show like getting into writing comics was like so much easier than if I had to like claw my way in, in through like yes. another way. Um, and also like, like Jessica had written for robot chicken mm-hmm. and like the herd number two was like a dude named Zeb Wells who like had written for robot chicken forever. Like he's like an OG. Wow. Like they recommended me for that. And that's how I got to write for robot chicken. And like, that's pretty much like my story as it is right now. Like it's been like, I've only been writing honestly, professionally for like a, about a year. Actually, Actually the She-Hulk room started on November 10th and it's November 9th. So like it's been a year basically of me writing full time professionally. So it's been a very weird and very surreal year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and also like I cannot say enough how lucky I was to like be put in the places to like meet people that like are nice and like were looking to give me a shot. Like that's basically <laughs> what my story boils down to is like nice people were willing to to take a chance.
1: That's dope as hell. And I Man. mean it makes sense because like you're you're a nice guy and if you're like if you're a nice person plus you come with talent plus you doing you know what I mean plus you're doing (laughs) the job like it's it's easy to want to you know work with someone like that um wow Mm -hmm. so like my next my next question I guess within that journey you mentioned that you had a manager Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. when yeah yeah when did that come about in your journey because i know for me it's like for some people it's like you have to get a manager first and then you do it's like people are like no you yeah, gotta do dude, your shit and then get it like yeah how how when did when yeah, did that it's, come about in,
2: i think i i think i got a manager maybe in like two maybe like 2000 like the end of 2017 basically the way that i got it is that like i was still at ucb and they had this really cool um really cool uh like monthly program called the ucb screening room where basically it was a place for anyone from ucb you could be you know you could be someone who's like you could be like lauren lapkus who's like on tv shows and movies or mm-hmm. you could just be like some dummy who's just taking a sketch class and like it's a way for you to like yeah. showcase your shorts and your sketches and stuff mm-hmm. and like uh i had like a, a short that me and a buddy had made were, were showing there and like there's another sketch there's another short film that was in there that i thought was super super funny like we really liked it and like we ended up talking to um the the director and the producer that made it and we we're like hey we should hang out sometime we should just like grab lunch like i just because i like i genuinely love networking um i think that people sort of have this uh, idea of networking it's very sleazy you're like oh how can you help me and how can i help you but <laughs> yeah. really it's just like you're really just like making a friend you're like hey do you want to be my friend mm-hmm. and like sometimes we just happen to work in the same business. And if I see a job, I may recommend you for it. like, that's basically is like, you're just helping out your friends. Yeah. It's like, Oh, yeah. these, these guys are cool. Like I would love to like make stuff with them. And we ended up getting um like lunch and stuff and became really good friends with this dude named Austin. Who were like, we were both, you know, sort of cut from the same cloth, like, like sort of like lower, lower class income, like went to film school, like didn't really have a lot. Um Like we both had the same sort of sensibilities. And like, we just really vibed and like, he got rep- repped by this manager. And he, like, he just, did, did me a favor and like introduced me and like I w- met in or like I walked in met the dude that's so weird like you walk into like the offices and like you see like all the movies like all the Adam Sandler movies and like all the Will Ferrell movies and you're like yeah. some like toothy-headed like white kids like hey do you want coffee or water you're like oh uh, <laughs> I, I guess I don't know what the answer is <laughs> like you really you really feel like so like I felt so out of place I was like are you are you sure you you let me in are you sure you let the right person in like what is going on here but like i met with him and like he was he's a young dude he was like i think maybe like 25 at the time super young guy like he had just got his own like off the desk and then like we just vibed like we had the very same sensibilities like we loved like weird offbeat like offbeat like uh, adult swim type stuff um i think he also enjoyed that i wasn't just like a writer director guy i was also doing podcasts i just had like a weird unique skill set i think he really enjoyed but honestly like you know he like I, I, so I got him in like, maybe let's say 2018, beginning of 2018. I honestly, like every job that I got up until like, just like in the last month has, I had just gotten from friends still. Like, mm-hmm. like I guess that I got Craig of the Creek from a friend. I got, um, She-Hulk because the showrunner heard me, um, through a friend. Like I got robot chicken because the showrunner of She-Hulk and her number two recommended me for the thing. Like. Like, I honestly, like, I have a meeting on Wednesday, like, that's honestly what first Joe and like, it's the first thing that he got me. Um, but like, that's not like to say like, that's not to shit talk him or say that's bad. But really, like, I say that to be like, people think that once you get this one thing, you're done. But really, it's like the yeah. goalpo- goalpost Ooh. is constantly moving. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it may sound like a bit of a platitude because I always heard it and I always hated it. But like, really, like, you know, you, you don't really need an agent or manager until like, you have something that you can show, so it's like mm-hmm. I was I was like tripping over myself. I gotta get a manager. I gotta get a manager. But really, like I didn't have a pilot. <laughs> like I didn't really. I mean, I had some like yeah. some sketches and stuff and some shorts that I made, but like nothing that was like that could really demonstrate my skill in like the writing area. And like I said, like I was in with like basically. basically I basically was in with for like a year before I even rode like a pilot by myself. So like
0: mm-hmm.
2: it was definitely some growing together. And like basically, I. Used him more as like just like uh like anyone would use a manager, like he's giving you like big picture type deals and like sort of coaching you and like really he's the person that yells at you when you don't have your thing <laughs> turned in, which I thought was the most useful. Yeah. <laughs> like like you know, you get a text like, Hey, where's that script at? Like, oh, uh uh one more week, one more week. And like <laughs> then it's been three weeks later, he's like, Hey, where's that script at? I'm still mm-hmm. looking for it. So like that was that was definitely the most useful aspect of him <laughs> for like the first those first year or so was like just having someone Stepping on my neck constantly to get something done.
0: I mm-hmm. know oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. We all need it. Accountability. Okay. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when you're kind of walking us through your journey, I remember you said you kind of felt like you got a comedy masterclass learning about what is mm-hmm. comedy kind of the inner workings of it. What are some things that stood out to you when you were kind of learning those different things?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I, you know, I, for first and foremost, I am always a big fan of education. Um, I've always yeah. seen, I've seen personally, like how much, you know, how much access isn't given to you, particularly when you're from a marginalized group where you weren't allowed that access for so long. Like, you know, my dad went from working in like a still wire mill, driving a forklift to like working in like an IT. And like, cause I, like he went to like, basically he went to night school when I was like five or six. So like, yeah. instantly we went from like, having like you know a trailer with no heat like I remember him buying like the first time we had AC like we we got an AC to put it in like the trailer and like we would like wouldn't sweat in the summer like my mind was blown I was like oh my god
0: we, we
2: don't have to like have 800 fans going in the house it was crazy <laughs> so like real. I've always been a proponent of like learning things but like as far as like the comedy school goes like what I think it was mainly like making sure that like it in line with my sensibilities like I think you know, out here, when you sort of get roped into those programs like UCB or Groundlings or 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 uh, Second City or any of those places, where like I think when you attach like a curriculum to it and you're like, this is how things should be, I think that there is sort of a tendency to like try to play things like super super smart, which is fine. Like there's plenty of really smart funny shows, like beep is a very funny smart show, um, but like I think that there's also something funny about a guy slipping on a banana pill, like that's still very funny because it's very gut. Like, I think I the three Sujis are yeah. still very funny, right? Yeah, like yeah, I think there's something very funny about like being dumb. And like, you know, if you've watched any adult swim shows, like a lot of them are very, very dumb. And like it was very, it was it was very like it was very it was like a big relief being able to see like guys that like I really enjoyed and, and comedians I really enjoyed make really dumb things, like like you know, this is an episode where like so the show Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell is about. Basically it's like the office in hell where like there's a bunch of demons they like basically work for like a like a, a call center and they have to like wow. get souls like that's their thing and so like you have like you'll have like there's a giant peanut butter demon who will s- slap you in peanut butter and like it's really stupid but it's very funny like like being on set that day with like our actor Henry he's just slathered in peanut butter so he could fight <laughs> off like a demon that had like an allergic reaction to it it's like it's not smart but it is very funny yeah. And I think it allowed me to, like, sort of, like, chase that, like, that instinct mm-hmm. of, like, what's the gut funny? And then after having taken the, like, the classes and stuff at UCB later on, I was able to, like, marry, I think, the smart stuff with, or the, the the dumb stuff with the smart stuff. Mm-hmm. Um But even now, still, like, my, like, I still love, like, dumb stuff. Like, um, <laughs> I think, I, for me, like, the perfect, the perfect example of, like, what I think is a very smart dumb show or dumb smart show is what we do in the shadows oh yeah we're like it's very mm. very smart they have some yeah. really really funny smart episodes but like they're not afraid to do dumb stuff like the episode where um uh where laszlo like he like <laughs> he he like leaves town to go undercover and, like he fakes his own death and he makes up a fake name of a guy named jackie Daytona. and the only thing is like it's just, she still speaks the same. He still looks exactly the same. He just wears like a button up shirt and puts the toothpick in his mouth and like people just cannot recognize him. And like, it's such a, f- it's so, it's like the concept is really, it's really, so really funny and really smart because it's based off a bunch of like tropes and stuff that we know, but the execution is so dumb that like, it's it's like the perfect example. Like, and it's some of the hardest I've ever laughed just watching him like, be like, I'm a, I'm a normal American man. And like, you know, put the, the toothpick in the pick. mouth no, and toothpick like, oh
0: who's this you go. guy?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's so fun and like that's totally my sensibilities and like that's definitely one of, like the most important things i've gleamed um you know working you know going to that comedy school and and you know for adult swim and even now like learning how things work like mm. it's like you know it's like she hulk was a completely different type of comedy where like you know you're writing you're writing for you know a really big network who who they're not uh, adult swim so you gotta write like a different style yeah. of comedy but mm-hmm. you can still get in some pretty dumb jokes and like you know a robot chicken was sort of this in between where like you have 15 to 30 seconds to write <laughs> a, a joke and you're also having to like do really niche things like what if optimus prime gotten to a fight with the predator like okay yeah uh, <laughs> how do i make that funny in 30 seconds and how do i make it not stale so like I think it's all revolving like it's all like uh, um it's all building on top of itself and like mm-hmm. i said i guess earlier like the idea of the goal is like we're never really done i'm never like wow whoop, yeah. i've learned all there is to learn about being funny <laughs> uh let's pack it up for the day it's, mm-hmm. it's it's like a constantly um it's a constantly evolving thing i think at least in in my opinion Yeah,
1: yeah that's that's so cool like even when you were speaking like just the fact that you've gotten so much experience in different writers rooms and I'm, I'm wondering like one what has your experience been in the writers mm-hmm. room and two how do you i guess i don't know if each writer's room has a specific personality again you have to cater oh, yeah. to different networks like how do you mm-hmm. adjust to each room and yeah what's your experience been like in in them
2: yeah i you know i think i was it's lucky in that i could see i think i can see the evolution a little bit easier because my jobs did come so quickly back to back like mm. *Cricket of the creek i was just like yeah. a ball of nerves like i just like <laughs> i was like oh. i i was like quiet a lot i was like do i what do i say like this is yeah. funny <laughs> um but they were like that room so that room is um if for those who don't know animation is is sort of written in two different styles it's written in um Sorry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Animation is written in two different styles. It's written in what is called storyboard driven, which is like um the storyboard artists write most of the episodes. Like they mm-hmm. write, write the dialogue, they write most of the gags, and they also drawing it. And uh, we and then there's like script or writer-driven. That would be like Simpsons, American Dad, mm. Rick and Morty, where like, you know, a traditional writer's room is putting the, the 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 episodes together. So, you know, Craig of the Creek is storyboard driven. So like the room is just it's such a safe place because you're there with like the two showrunners uh the head writer jeff and then like usually two storyboard artists who are like drawing as they're like as we're like pitching and stuff and then two like you know writer writers so like you know you'd be pitching something and like what if craig dressed like a pumpkin or whatever was, like that's that's my bad example but like while you're saying that like you could have an artist like draw up Craig and this pumpkin, and you're know. like, oh wow, this looks super cute. Like this works completely, 100.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and like so, the showrunners for that show were a dude named Matt and Ben, who were super, super cool dudes. Um, you know, the show is about you know a black kid and his family that hang out at the creek with a bunch of friends, and like you know Matt and Ben are white, but like almost the total like writing and art staff are people of color. Come on, and not you know, like you know, not just like black people, just like latinx people um you know indigenous people queer people trans people like lgb and mm. like you know we would be there'd be you know there were multiple weeks in the row where like we'd walk in i'd walk into the room and i'm like oh wow like this room is just full of black people and like not even just like one type of black people there's like you know there's like you know um our t- director tiffany was like um filipino and black we had you know Ooh. black cats from like dc <laughs> black cats from new york black cats from florida black cats from like you know, Seattle, all different types that experience different types of blackness and stuff. So like, mm. they'd be like, hey, you know, we're going to do, an, so the we're going to do this season in um season three in season. So they'd be like, we're going to do some fall episodes. We're going to do some spring episodes. And they'd be like, when you think of fall, what do you think of? And like, you know, it was all like very hippie. Like I think of leaves scratching across the ground. <laughs> like we'd build out episodes that way. And it was like really fun and really collaborative. And like, it was a very, very like um, very fun environment to like create stuff. And it it felt like such a great safe space because like I said, predominantly people of color and and prominently queer people. So like it was a very safe room and you could shoot out ideas and like you knew no one was gonna say anything problematic. That's amazing. Um, So it was just a great, great learning experience. And like, I, I could not have asked for like a better, a better show to like get my sort of chops in. And even for like, so for, you know, She-Hulk, like that's like live action, you know, scripted. So like, you know, it's like a writer's room, but like Jessica Gao, um, you know, she's not even, she's not first generation. She's like born in China, lived in China until she was a kid, came over here. Um, majority of the room were, you know, women of color, particularly black women. Um, majority of the room was just like black in general. So like, again, you know, you have a safe space where like, wow. I look across the table and like, I see like my cousin or like <laughs> my aunt or whatever. Yeah. So like, it was just a great safe space and like jessica you know she's been writing for a while Mm -hmm. and she's been used to being like the first one only one where she has like Mm -hmm. she's either like the first Asian, like the first woman in the room yeah or she's definitely the first woman of color or the only one so like she's (laughs) dealt with a lot of like
1: trash Mm -hmm. yeah foolishness okay Okay. yeah (laughs) and she
2: she made a very strong point of being like that stuff's not going to fly in this room like i'm going to give people shots that like i didn't have and like I really want to make things as easy as possible. So like, we really looked out, and I like we had a really safe environment. And like, I definitely was a ball of nerves for like the first honestly like month. Yeah. Because it was like the big you're, like oh my god this is gonna be MCU like what if I write a character that like they may be in like Avengers Seven or whatever so like, I don't I can't <laughs> fuck this up like Kevin Feige is gonna come beat me up if I don't like write a good script <laughs> right. so, like you're just a ball of nerves but like she was very encouraging and like. I found my niche pretty easily. Um, That's good. I definitely became like the comic book guy. Like I was a huge MCU fan, like a comic book guy. So like whenever they would have questions about like characters or like how powers would work like that would sort of be my niche, my niche. Me and this other dude named Zeb. So like Ooh. I definitely lucked out. And then like she yes. provided me um, time and space to find my my niche in the Ooh. room as opposed to just like, yeah. you know, floundering and trying to figure out how to like <laughs> support the room it was it was very great and also we would just do like we had really fun room bits like for for some reason like someone brought in like a serrano ham one day so like we ended up (laughs) buying like we every now and then we'd buy like Ah! serrano like full ham legs and like we'd have or like we'd we'd have her like assistant sometimes just like be cutting in the corner like (laughs) like, cutting (laughs) cutting ham for us and like serving us from like we're like we're trying to break an episode, like what would She Hulk do? And like, hey, you know what? You take a ham break, and then like you son would cut some ham for us and like we eat it. It was very, very fun. Very like we definitely wild out great. in that room. You could definitely see you could tell who the She-Hulk room was because we were mostly all black and we'd always have like ham. expensive <laughs> Spanish ham. <laughs> yeah. Got the ham it on okay. It's yeah, like you, gotta, better, you
1: better you better bring that charcuterie yeah. plate. Yeah. Plan yeah, come in
2: here. We're in the <laughs> Iron Man room. Come through. And uh, and for robot chicken like that was honestly the the strangest because it was the first room i was in post covid
0: Mm, so like it's just a zoom
2: you know it's you're on a zoom with like nine other people and like you're like i'm it's weird that i'm looking at seth green's kitchen while i'm trying to think of like (laughs) sketches but (laughs) the way that they set it up and i think that's what a lot of people sort of noticing now is that like rooms don't have to be eight (laughs) eight hours and you have to stay after late It's like We'd wake up at nine, sign in. We'd sort of bullshit for like thirty minutes and catch up, get our assignments, and then like we'd turn in our sketches at four, read them, and then be done at five. So really, only oh, wow. on Zoom for like an hour and a half, two hours if it was like a really, like a really heavy day. And like you know, we'd take two hour like for days that we would actually like script episodes. We'd take pretty nice like hour and a half breaks between stuff. So like mm-hmm. it was it was it was definitely nice getting used to that and like learning that skill set, like learning how to like pitch when you can't read someone's energy like that's yeah. like for me like that's like my like I definitely think like my one of my skill sets and my superpowers is that like I'm pretty personable like I'm from the south like I'm used to talking like we don't really know strangers like yeah. back, I'm a big proponent back. of southern <laughs> hospitality yeah. like yeah yeah so like <laughs> I like my thing is like I like to work the room and I like to like keep the room's energy up like that's sort of how, how I see that I can oh. contribute um since like you know you're, you're not looking for like you're not going to look to a staff writer to like break the big problems in the room like we're yeah, yeah. pretty much there to like just pitch the jokes and like whatever so like my whole thing is like hey let's like I'll lighten the mood of the room um to like make people feel like chill and relax when like we're having like a stressful day and like it was very very hard to do that when you're on a Zoom room when like one people don't know you like you can't like you can't sort of show your personality out like you would in person and then you're like also you know zooming into a computer with like eight other people and like you can't even really make out who's saying what so like it was definitely a learning experience but also like it was a great great crew like i'd never really done sketch before like i told them that i had done sketch but like i'd never done sketch before (laughs) Ah! it was a great learning experience like just like learning um learning how to write super fast and then like we would actually vote sketches in and out at the end of the day so like just being able to be like hey this we don't for like five out of nine people think this sketch is not funny so you got to choke that down and not get angry Ooh. so like that was a, that was like super helpful just like learning to like be told no and like not get in your fins about it, it was a very very helpful um that's probably the, honestly the most mm. helpful and useful thing with that room is just like being able to like fail and not not feel bad about it because everyone mm. feels like no one like no one's guaranteed to get something in and like that was just a useful thing to have in your back pocket especially uh, as a creative
1: that's dope
0: Yeah, that is hella dope. All of those experiences sound just (laughs) cool as fuck. Like they just sound like great things. Yeah, they've been really fun. To have been a part of. So thank you for sharing about all the different writing. Yeah, anytime. So um, obviously writing, directing, and uh, producing podcasts are all different shit, right? So Mm -hmm. is there one that you like over the other? One that you like the most? Or is it all kind of equal when you're doing all Mm -hmm. of them?
2: I, you know, I, I mean, directing is really, really fun. But like, I've been so, I've been so nervous about it since COVID started. Like, yeah. I just, I would just feel so weird. I would feel so bad if like, I got together a bunch of my comedy friends and then one of them got COVID because we wanted to Woo. shoot some dumb sketch. Like, it, it's like right now I'm not super fan of it. But like, I <laughs> like if we were in like normal times, I'd really enjoy it. But like, I like them all for different reasons. Like, writing. I mean, honestly, like writing fucking sucks. sometimes you're like why the why would I do this like this is terrible why
0: do I want to get stressed out
2: and write this thing (laughs) and you're like once you make it and you're like you start seeing it go from like really bad to just bad to like okay to eventually like oh this is like kind of good like that feels good (laughs) but like when you're in the moment when you're like fuck like I mean honestly like so I wrote my shihok episode you know you get like a week off to like write the episode or whatever I was like I want to do it I'm going to do this I'm going to do it tomorrow I'm going to do it tomorrow and then finally I had like two days left so I'm like I need to like actually get off my ass and write my episode. So like that's probably more of like a personal failing. Like if I had probably taken the time and not like rushed to write my shit in like a day and a half, it probably would have been <laughs> less stressful. But yeah, um, like writing is fun. And like producing podcasts is fun, I think just because um I mean Judith, you, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you 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 get to like for me it's like I get to do two things. Like I get to have create I get to be creative, but in a way that's way more collaborative, where as far as like I'm really just setting someone up from success i'm just usually like i'm setting up a friend for success that's like you know we we did like so like for example like for scam goddess which is a show that I, I produced like maybe 20 25 episodes of um before i, I had leave to go to to, to marvel with lazy mosley like like you know i like lacy was like we had moved to la around the same time like we knew each other from ucb like i had booked her on like her first podcast and like i had done pilots with her before and like that was actually i think we did end up doing like one or two different pilots for scam goddess but like i really wanted to get her in there because i thought she'd be great and like i would love to see like uh, a black woman like particularly like a dark-skinned black woman like in the podcasting game just because it's all like just like i like, just don't see that a lot mm-hmm. and so like i knew Lacey was really funny and like we really spent a lot of time like making it happen like she was super busy at the time i think she was shooting some movies so like we'd come in on Sundays and we would record like two or three episodes back to back. And then we like oh. talk to the researcher and be like, Hey, can you get stories ready for next week? And like we were really like tearing through it, but like, it was so fun. Like, you know, you feel like you're in like a, the fucking trenches. Like you're like <laughs> shitting off a million different emails, trying to book guests, trying to book like predominantly, like we sort of had an unspoken rule that we really wanted, only wanted people of color, predominantly black people on the show. So like we're reaching out to like all these different like black comedians and stuff. And like, really trying to get into work and then we're like scheduling photo shoots and like all this stuff and it was it was like you know you're in like a war zone but like it felt good making a something that ended up being very good and i think very important and like also i think new like it was a sort of a fresh spin on like you know murder podcast or whatever so like that was that was fun and like just that whole collaborative energy like really really fulfills me creatively from a podcast from a podcasting perspective
1: So well, that's dope all right that is yeah that is super super dope and is there like okay so this is well i've heard so many different things when it comes to this piece of advice so do you mm-hmm. what's your writing schedule like we had last week we talked about different writing schedules and keeping yourself mm-hmm. on track and all that stuff and i've heard people say you gotta write every day or you ain't shit go jump off a bridge you gotta write every <laughs> motherfucking day right Maybe they don't say all that, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I hear like other writers who are like, oh, I have to work during the week. So I write on the weekends or I have mm. this separate time. That's when I write. So what's kind of your approach to, you know, keeping up with your writing craft? What's your what's your writing? Yeah, like
2: yeah it's i'm i mean i'm probably the laziest motherfucker with this, <laughs> this part of it like i feel i think is like if i'm getting if i'm getting oh. paid monday through friday to write your boy's chilling on the weekend right? <laughs> that's my thing i was like this one pilot i wrote a year and a, a year and a half ago is still getting me work on that for as long as i can um but like i've i've just gotten to the to the so i i think the example i'll use is like writing comics um shout out to this dude named zeb wells who worked with me on um she hulk and got me into marvel comics he sent over this really really great breakdown for his process for writing um there's a lot of stuff to go into it like i won't bore you with it but like the most important thing is he's like just his basically his thesis is like write three pages a day he's like why three pages because anyone can do it it's not four pages it's not five it's not two three and after like four days of writing three pages you got yourself a whole comic book and like I've been using that (laughs) Mm -hmm. for creativity as far as like writing processes like yeah you know what I'll just fucking I'll write three pages not of this comic book like of this script or like of three three pages of outlining or whatever and then after like four days like you have something and like you don't feel stressed out it's something you can knock out in like 45 minutes an hour however depending Mm -hmm. on how fast you are as a writer and like you don't feel like pressure on yourself so like I've been sort of doing that a lot lately. Mm. Um, I used to have a much worse habit where like, I would put things off and off and off and I'd just give myself a deadline. And then I would just like rush write it like Uh, a day before it was due. Yeah. And like, you end up having like, it'd be okay, but like there'd be tons of typos and like all this stuff. And like, you'd stay up like 3 a.m. slamming Red Bulls to get this thing done when really you could have just like written three pages a day over the course of a week and a half and you would have gotten the exact same place that you would have gotten. So like I've been doing that. I've been trying to do more of that lot that lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to outline a, a feature right now, and like I just got like a little whiteboard, and like I wrote like my characters and like some ideas down. Like I just been doing that every day. It's been like that's been sort of like my meditation. It's like oh I, I'll spend oh. 30 minutes thinking up ideas, or like writing some stuff down, or jot, jotting down gags or jokes, or whatever. And like that's been sort of my calming pos- my calming writing process until I get into another writing a writer's room.
1: Nice, damn. Nice. I need to go That's... ahead and do that. Yeah. <laughs> like when <can> you get my <laughs> shit together, <'cause> right? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
2: it's so much more fun when you're not stressed out and like. Oh my gosh. I feel like writing. Doug, writing gets so gets you can get you so stressed. Oh my god. Depending yeah. on oh how how you approach
0: it. Facts. I totally agree. Um. So yeah. earlier you talked about your love of networking, and I feel like for a lot of writers, networking can feel like the plague or some shit. So okay. right here, I'm talking about myself. So okay. <laughs> for those creatives or people who are kind of um, to themselves, what advice would you give them about like shooting your shot? Right. So in this industry, a lot of times you got to shoot okay. that shot and see if you Kobe okay. or or somebody else I can't shoot. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you just hold the bitch. right? <laughs> yeah. um, but you still getting paid though. But facts. <laughs> what advice would you give to other creators out there who are listening um, about just shooting your shot and being confident in interacting with folks and, and just knowing, you know, that you're that bitch, you're that nigga, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's, 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 that's an interesting question because, like, I, are you, where are you, were you from, Corey, by the way? I'm from Florida. I'm from Florida, yeah, so, like, I, I'm sure it's, it may be the same in Florida, too, but, like, like I said, like, I'm from the South, and, like, it's been pretty ingrained for me to talk to, people you don't know for like basically you know the past 33 years like yeah you you go to like the mechanic shop and like you shoot the shit with some old guy like Mm -hmm. hot out today (laughs) today so like that's just like things that like you do so like i I, i've never really had like um trouble talking to strangers or like reading people um Mm -hmm. i i think the thing that happens to me is just be earnest like i like i don't go into any situation when I'm like, how can this person help me out ultimately? How yeah. can I use them? Mm-hmm. I usually just like shoot the shit. Let's like, hey, you know, this is who I am. This is my vibe. Um, like, you know, I just genuinely try to make a friend. And it's like, you know, they may not be my best friend. It may just be another one of those things where like, hey, uh, what's that guy that wrote for he is in the comic book stuff? Uh, I've met him at that mixer. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zig, he seems pretty chill, blah, 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 blah i'm yeah. um, like that's usually like how i go into most of these things but like even now like we have things with like i mean i actually hate it but like twitter has been surprisingly useful for networking Dang. like um like there's um i think i've definitely definitely gotten some opportunities from twitter where it's just like hey like you know we sort of like know each other mutually like maybe like maybe we had met at like a bar or something or through friends of a friends but like yeah. we sort of you know keep, keep in contact on twitter for so like oh this is a funny joke or whatever like I've definitely had um, a couple of people DM me off Twitter and be like, "Hey, um, we got this room coming together. Can you send your sample?" That's um, Like we'd love to thank you. I think you're funny and blah 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 blah, and like that to me, I think is where especially now since people aren't meeting and having yeah. hangouts, like
0: yeah. that's where
2: a lot of it is coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but also, like you know, I, I what, not in like a bad way, but what you see is what you get. Like I don't really put on much airs when I meet people. Yeah. Like I may mm-hmm. make an effort not to. Use my super thick accent, Southern accent, when I talk. But other than that, like the vibe is pretty much the vibe when we meet. You know, so like, um I think I guess I guess that's my long-winded way of saying is like, don't go in super thirsty. Really, just go in like to make a connection. And like, you may end up being like, I don't even fucking like this person. Like, why would I want to work with them? So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that happens too. Uh, I think going in with like a genuine like, just like, hey, go in expecting nothing. Like, going with no energy, just like, hey, I'm just going to see what this person's vibe is. Yeah um mm-hmm. if we connect we connect if we do not we don't we don't that's cool too like there are literally thousands of other people in this industry that could help me out and that i would actually like to be friends with um like that's sort of like my energy now and like that i think that even may even extend into like when you start taking like general meetings and stuff mm. um honestly like i i don't know i don't want to like i don't want to gas myself up or be <laughs> I, mean, yeah, or,
1: come on I mean come on
2: <laughs> but like i i do think like my superpower is that like I know how to talk to people and like I know how to like
0: yeah
2: like I've I I mean not to sound arrogant but like I so far as of yet I've never had a general meeting that didn't go good like mm-hmm. I've never had an interview for a show that where they didn't offer me the show and, and that's not because I'm great because I'm the best writer it's really just like these are people that you're gonna have to be around for like eight hours Or well, <laughs> right. then it would have been like Right. You know, in a room, or you have to stare at their stupid face on Zoom for like eight hours a day. So like, <laughs> you really want to be around someone who <sighs> that you like and enjoy. Yeah. And I think that like my 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 superpower is that like I can talk to people. I'm very chill and very uh, easy to be around. But also like I'm not an asshole and like I'm fun <laughs> to be around. So like mm-hmm. that's sort of how I sell myself when yeah. I um when I when I take generals and like when I do meetings and stuff. It's just like this is who you're going to be hanging out with. Um, sometimes. I'll I'll sound a little bit more country. Sometimes I won't, but like, <laughs> this is the general vibe. Um, this is what I like to do. And this is what I like to do and what I want to do. Um, you know, so like, I, I don't go in being like super stoked. Like, I love this show. This is the best show I've ever watched. I'm like, hey, I love these episodes. This is my vibe. This is what I went to. Basically, that, that spiel I gave you guys at the top where I was talking about where I came from and mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Like, yeah. that's honestly like not too far from what I talk about in general meaning because it's honestly just about the vibe you know it's like yeah. do you want to work with these people or or do you see yourself like being conductive to like a successful creative fun environment and that's that's sort of like what I've been learning um over the past couple of years in this uh, as I've like sort of made my way through the industry
1: no that's really dope and that's really Very helpful exciting. for me in terms of looking at networking because I can't like we me and Cory both came from different industries before we Jumped into like entertainment, and so I came from like the federal government. So networking, I mean, maybe there were people who were like, and I'm I was very much the introvert in the room. As long as there was food at mm-hmm. the reception chair,
0: I, I was like,
1: <laughs> I'm going to eat. I don't need to. Yeah. I don't know. I just need. I just need the charcuterie plate again.
0: So <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, that's all cheese. I need. Okay, yeah. but also like it's very like, where's your business card? Who do you represent? What can you do mm-hmm. for me? It's very that forward and i think that might be yeah. a cultural thing because east coast is mm-hmm. very much like networking is getting to know who you need to know so you can get mm-hmm. where you need to go right it's not like yeah. let's make friends it's just like what can yeah, you do for me a- and you know and you have to remind mm-hmm. like a lot of people had to remind themselves like don't sleep on the janitor because he might be you know the speaker of the house one day like relax yeah. like you know it's yeah rare. that's
2: that's a that's a thing that's definitely unique out here <sighs> yeah. like, you, like you said like you unit like that janitor could be running a studio in four years like you that. never know
1: yeah You know. period so That's yeah That's like
2: a, that, that may be a little bit more of a pessimistic take as far as like i'm just going to pretend to be nice to people but like yeah i feel like i've had some i can't remember who said it but they were like you know you know film industry is the only industry where like you know your friends are going to be the people that are running the to be running the industry and mm. like you never know when so it's yeah. like mm-hmm you're networking but really you're like just making like you're trying to establish a group of friends that will like help you out it's like honestly the end game because like you know even three three or four years ago like me and my buddy edgar and 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 lacy were just taking fucking improv classes at ucb and now like we're all you know edgar's writing for blackish and lacy's crushing every single thing possible so it's like you know it's
1: Y'all are doing big things. <laughs> yes, big things popping, popping off. Okay. trying to
2: pay off the student this this trying to pay off the student loans.
1: Um, that is yeah, that is a whole deep dive of like, whew, if yeah. I think about that too much, you might get depressed. Um, <laughs> that's okay. We're not doing that. Um, I'm trying to see is there. Do you have a question, Corey? I think I might, but I'm trying to figure out if it's like the last two or how, how do you feel? Yeah.
0: Um yeah, I guess I could ask like what would be your dream project to work on Cody?
2: Oh uh, yeah. Oh man, that's such a good question. It's uh-huh. It's I I've I've sort of like done one small version of them all- already. It was like I got to I got to write a Miles Morales comic book, which is something I've always Whoa! wanted to do like I love. Ah! I remember like I, I have no it. idea when it's I have no idea when it's Ugh. coming out. Like I turned in the script and I my lawyer got the payment information oh, so i guess gosh. they liked it but like yes, just being so able to nice. like write like a, a short story that had like a black spider-man was so was a, definitely a bucket list like i remember when it came out i was in film school me and my roommates all ran to the comic <sighs> store and we each bought the first issue is yeah. like it was definitely uh-huh. a dream come true um that's amazing. other than that you know i would love to like i would love to do like a, I mean this is pie in the sky five-year plan thing but i would love to do like a marvel movie like that's definitely like you know that's the bucket like that would be like open bucket list is do uh uh a uh, black superhero for like mcu would be fantasia I mean, like that would be like I the mean, life dream
1: that we'll might be it. closer we'll in five it. years <laughs> yeah like i was like you are marvel is already we'll cutting you checks like what are we talking <laughs> come on now so I, get, I
2: gotta get that feature check that's what i'm looking for <laughs> yeah that's what i gotta work towards now
1: yeah the that's the new goal post <laughs> oh those feature checks mm. job <laughs> Okay, big checks, but no, that's that's amazing. I guess I mean the only only question I can think to ask is like what kind of advice did you wish you had going into the game or just in general is just like, you know, maybe you don't have that but you're like, here's some advice. Mm-hmm. If if I, if you didn't learn anything from this <laughs> interview today, take this <laughs> off with you, you know.
2: Yeah, I think um definitely a lot of more people, a lot more people want to see you succeed than you possibly will think, um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. you
2: know, and I speak, especially when you're someone who was, is, who is like, I'm still green. Like I've only been writing for like a year. There are a lot of things that I don't know. A lot of mistakes I still make. So like, I think when you go into a room, people are willing to like, they know that you're green because they were there before as well. And they honestly just want to set you up for a success. Um, and I, I mean, I cannot give enough shout out to uh, the homie Jessica Gal for hiring oh, me wow. on She-Hulk. She like taught me so much. She like gave me an episode. She like legitimized me in a way that she didn't have to legitimize me. And like, she still offers um, mentorship um, in a way that is very, very, I find very, very helpful um, and, and very useful, especially as a person of color navigating a space where traditionally we are just not, you know, we're just not there. Yeah um I think also like you know I've always been a big proponent and it's definitely easier saying than doing but like definitely like I've always been a fan of like the the apprentice apprenticeship like I've always the ma- the uh not the master fuck that the mentor mentee <laughs> relationship like I think that you know you they're like you know there are so many gatekeepers that are white but like you know when you have someone who's sort of dealt with the same things that you've dealt with and like you're looking out to really make you the best version of yourself like that's that's super super helpful and like yeah. i definitely want to get to that place where i can do that for, for more people and like when i finally learned things like i've definitely had some really great mentors um not even just in like you know film stuff but like in music and writing and like i've had some people that have really um you know imprinted some really useful useful um knowledge and definitely made me not it made me skip the mistakes that maybe they've made Mm. um so i guess i guess if i had to say it to myself like people more people would definitely want to see you succeed than want to see you fail then also like you know um it's it's a goal the goalpost is always going to be moving so like definitely need to stay in motion um Mm. whether it's creatively or like personally or just like whatever like you definitely don't get stagnant because that's when, mm. that's the, like, that's the that's the cousin of death or whatever the the Nas line is. Sleep is the cousin of death. Whatever that line is.
1: Bars, go ahead.
0: Yes, wonderful advice. Thank you so Yay. much for dropping the gym. Yeah, anytime. We enjoyed you, as we say in the South, mm-hmm. we enjoyed you. Yeah. <laughs> After the gathering, like we enjoyed, I enjoyed you, girl. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, we'll see you. <laughs>
0: But yes, thank you so much for, for yes. coming on. Really, mm-hmm. really great advice. Super anytime, guys.
1: super helpful, I'm sure,
0: for those mm-hmm. who will be listening. So thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. And I mean, if y'all missed it, I mean, Cody Ziggler is that nigga you should know. Like yes. that <laughs> is Period. the segment. Like, <laughs> I mean, he getting Marvell checks, honey. He's <laughs> getting these, yeah. Like, when you hit me with the um the oh my god the Spider Man shit, I was like, <laughs> I said it's done.
2: We'll it's see if it over. we'll see if it actually comes out. <laughs>
1: no, to you gotta let us I'm... know. You gotta let us know so we can oh, yeah. like my look.
2: Up. I have no I have no idea how long it takes to make a comic, but when it comes out, don't worry. I'm gonna be mad ignorant yes! to my ten pages that I wrote. I'm gonna be all over the IG, all over the Twitter, talk, yes. your talk shit. so much shit. Let <laughs> <laughs> oh <my laughs> these no, know,
1: okay? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. Oh, and with that, that is the end of our show, guys. Um, wow. Yeah. We are on all the things at Tinsel Town Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. all of the new, yes, YouTube, uh, maybe even some uh, app I just truly don't know yet, <laughs> but Corey be on it, so we probably on that too. And yeah, yeah where can people find you, Cody? Y'all need to follow oh, Cody. Oh, yeah
2: um at yay for zig on like all the social medias instagram twitter like that's that's where i'd be uh and i'm honestly entirely too logged on right now but uh that's where that's where i'd be at in these digital spaces <laughs>
0: yes
1: that. yes hit him up and even do you have a don't you have a podcast coming out or i mean not oh, the one yeah, you yeah yeah but yours i
2: would say yeah uh, the dark we podcast i do with my homie birdie reed another la uh, uh nerd blurred uh, we just talk about like anime shit with other black folks and it's very freeing and very fun. So if you're into like video games, comic books, anime, any of that nerd shit, pull up because we will definitely, yes. pro- we will definitely talk about it.
0: <laughs> pull up oh to God. the function, y'all. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We're on all the teams. You can watch yes. this episode on YouTube if you're into that. Um, yes. Ebook's still coming out, guys. I know we say that every week, but it's coming, y'all. Just <laughs> yes, just, just wait. Um what else? Yeah, I think that's it. Just make sure you guys uh follow Cody
1: um and his yes. work. We
0: can't wait to see what else he does. And yeah, yes. I think that's it.
1: Yes. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next time. Please enjoy the show. Uh show any support, whatever Cody's doing, support, show love, <laughs> all that stuff. Like oh, he's out here. And, he, and he's he's a really dope dude. So support oh, him. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. And with that, we'll see y'all next time. Bye